Hey friends, welcome to the Kentucky Crew Podcast. This week we'll be continuing in our series, Friends, a biblical look at the connections we've all been created for. This week we have a real treat. We'll be hearing from Dr. Deverin Muff. Deverin is a professor at Eastern Kentucky University, but most importantly, a husband and father. He became a Christian while playing basketball for EKU and has used the platform of sports to share the gospel around the world. He is also a member at Gospel Collective Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Devrin and his wife, Adeline, have been married for four years and have one-year-old son, August. They're expecting another child early next year. Devrin will be sharing about the endurance of real friendship. At a time where Americans have reported loneliness at a record rate, we get to be reminded today of how the gospel has answers for this problem today and into eternity. All right, all right. Well, uh, thank you all for having me. My name is Devrin Muff. Typically, I am in uh, the classroom. I'm a professor at Eastern Kentucky University, but today I'm here to talk to you about friends. Um, fun fact, actually, while I was listening to the theme song of that, I've actually never seen an episode of Friends before. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. Half the audience claps, the other half is just amazed that I've been so oblivious my whole life. Um, next slide, please. This is my beautiful family. And so there is um, the outkicked coverage of my wife over there. She's way out of my league. She's in the back over there. She's in the dark, so nobody can steal her today. She's all mine, guys. Um, and then uh, there is my son, my one-year-old son. His name is August. Everybody say, hi, August. He's a little bit charismatic, and he gets a little Pentecostal at times, so he may start shouting and screaming today. So if that happens, you all are, uh, it's just okay. He's just... The Holy Spirit got into him today, so we'll just, uh, we'll, um, we'll just ignore that today. Um, next slide, please. All right, so um, the topic that I'm here to talk about today is real friendship is enduring. And um, I was really excited to talk about um, this, this topic today. Um, I am from Cleveland, Ohio, which feels so good after last weekend's win. Sorry, Bengals fans. I'm, it feels so good to say that. But I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, my parents are really, really old school. And so um, one of the favorite songs that I like listening to when I was growing up was a song by Al Green. It's called Love and Happiness. And my parents would say, you don't know anything about this, which I don't. So, but they would, uh, but one of the lines of the song says, uh, whether times are good or bad, happy or sad, love and happiness, they just stay, stand together through all those times, right? And so I thought, perfect, this is a great segue. But I hate to bore you, I got to be a professor for just a slight second with a little bit of statistics. All right, I want to show you some of the new things, some of the things here. So, before the jumble there, up there, it says no new friends. That's like the theme of this generation here. And instead of being like a curmudgeon old man and saying that you guys have social media and all this Facebook stuff and you don't have real friends, I'll just show you stats instead, right? So there's 60% of uh, US college-age adults, you all, report being lonely. Kentucky actually, actually ranks seventh in the most loneliest states. Um, and then uh, the final thing that I was reading up um, before here, before I came here was, loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 
which is not good. I'm, I teach exercise science, so that really hits hard for me. Right? So don't smoke, guys. All right, anyways, <laughs> next slide, please. Here's another slide that, um, another graph that came up, is that we're spending way more time alone um, as time goes by. This isn't good. I promise this isn't just a, a stats report. We're going to get to the Bible here soon. But I want to just make my point is that we are very, very lonely. And I'm trying to make the point here is that, brothers and sisters, we are built for community. But something, there's been a disconnect in the last couple of years where we're not doing that. And we may say the world's not doing community. They don't do it well. They don't do it well. But the church, us, Christians, believers, we may be some of the main perpetrators of not intentionally living in community. So what does all this stuff mean? Next slide, please. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the uh, German theologian who I have a ton of respect for and probably could write a whole paper on, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this quote up here. It says, sin demands to have man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more attractive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous in his isolation. He writes that in his book, Life Together. All that to say, next slide, is that isolation means, uh, makes you believe that you can be good all by yourself. And so what, is, what does all this mean? So everyone knows, like uh, in, in our Bible, it says that you should love your neighbor as yourself. But... If we're not hanging around neighbors, we're loving ourselves as ourselves. Doesn't make much sense, right? And so when I'm by myself, of course I could be a great person. Anybody could be an amazing person. I'm a I'm in the most amazing person when I'm by myself because I'm judging myself and I'm saying, "Hey, Devin, you're great. You have no flaws in you at all." That's not true, right? But when I get around community, these people can help me grow. They help me they help me grow towards Christ. They help rebuke me, they help encourage me. We need community. Something, there's been some type of disconnect. Next slide, please. Well, the Bible has an answer for it. The, uh, the writer of Proverbs writes in Proverbs 17, 17, he says, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for adversity. And uh, next slide, please. And he goes on to say, Another, uh, in the next chapter in Proverbs, Solomon writes, a man of many companions comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So I have one sibling. It's a younger brother, and him and I are thick as thieves. We are so locked in. We're so tight with each other, and I love him to death. But what these two verses are saying is that if something bad happened to me, if I was facing some type of adversity, it's expected that my brother be there. He's my brother, he's my blood, right? If any of you all have siblings, you all would expect that your sibling to be there through a tough time, I hope. But a friend, a true friend, someone that's built for adversity, those are the people that we should value and that we should cherish, right? Um, next slide, please. All right. There's a slide of me back in the day, all right? I'm not just tall for no reason, guys. I played hoops back in the day, right? So I, was a, I played basketball at Eastern Kentucky University, and this is my boy Tommy, all right? Tommy and I are completely 
opposite from each other, right? He's from DC, I'm from Cleveland, he's in the fashion, I'm in the Star Wars, I'm a bit, so like, like, we're completely opposite from each other. Like I'm, like we couldn't have been put together if you, I mean, any kind of person who was selecting who should be friends with each other, it really wouldn't work out. But Tommy, him and I, we have one thing in common, probably literally one thing in common, and that's Jesus Christ. And Tommy is a guy, this is when we were in college. I'm gonna date myself here, um, but this is over 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm old. And, um, but this is uh, over 10 years ago, we were in college and we took, this is, we spent a lot of time on the bench, so we took pictures there. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, this was, uh, he became a Christian in college and I became a Christian in college as well. And we got to talk through all different sorts of things. I probably talked to Tommy more than my wife. Don't. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, we talk, we, I talk to him every day and we talk about everything. I mean, he's there in terrible times. He's like, he's there in the great times. He's uh, one of my biggest cheerleaders. And he's also some guy, he's a guy who holds me accountable. I mention this because in college, you all are developing friendships that are gonna last for the span, not just for years, but for eternity. Our friendship can grow deeper, not because like we, I told you, we don't have anything in common. The world's friendships have a term limit on them. Your Christian friendships can span into eternity. They go forever. And so that common bond that we have keeps us going. And I can't wait. Like, there's only two people that could probably call me before six o'clock in the morning. That's my wife and Tommy. <laughs> and Tom and I, I can't wait to just talk to him all the time because he's that type of friend that's there in all types of um, adversity. So I hope that you all have somebody like that. But from a more biblical example, next slide please. Someone closer than a brother. The Old Testament talks about Jonathan and David, and I'm sure you've all, have, throughout this whole series, at least one person has mentioned this friendship between Jonathan and David. But I wanted to go through 1 Samuel 18, uh, verses one through five, and if you have your Bibles, you can just power them up now. I can't say open up your Bibles, they power them up on the phone, right? This says, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses one through five, it says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And David stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword, his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul sent, set him over the men of the war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So we see here that, uh, next slide please, Jonathan is this great friend for David. So if you know anything about this story of uh, Jonathan and David and there's this other character named Saul, there is a... Uh, Saul didn't like David too much towards the end, right? But Jonathan was uh, 
actually related to Saul, he's protecting David throughout this whole time. We see in these verses here that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. That's what the verse one says there. He ends up making a covenant with David. And a covenant is it's a God-honored promise is the most simplest way I can, I can put it. So he made a covenant with him. And that covenant was that he was going to, he was going to stand by him. They were, going to be, they were going to be that type forever. And then he protected David. He gave him his sword, his bow, his belt. He was getting ready for war. I don't know about you, but if I'm about to get into a fight with somebody, I'm not going to give him everything I got. Jonathan gave that up because that's how much he loved David. He loved him as his own soul. And then finally, he sacrificed for David. He, um, as the story goes on, we find out that Jonathan ends up dying on behalf of David. Why do I say that? There's a greater example in the Bible. Next slide, please is this person named Jesus. Jesus did all those same things for you and I. And so Jesus, in his, it, um, his high priestly prayer, he's getting ready. See, my, this is my son again. I told you he gets excited, right? <laughs> so there's Jesus in his high priestly prayer. This is the words that he's saying right before he's about to die. So if I told anyone, like, if you knew you were going to die, would be like the most important things you would write about and the most important things you would say most important things you would want people to remember next slide please jesus talks about how we're his friends so in john 15 he says greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do what i command you no longer do i call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing but i called but i've called you for I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus here is saying that he calls us friends. If you know anything about the gospel, at one point we were enemies to God. And for, uh, for him to call us friends, we're so far off, shows that he, he somehow values this friendship. Next slide, please. All right. But the Bible even goes even further into this. There's a word, there's a Greek word used a lot in the New Testament. I love Greek words because they're a lot more specific than English words. So all of our linguists here, you can look at that one. It's called koinonia, all right? And it's a lot deeper than just a friendship. Like I said before, the world's friendships, they have expiration dates. This koinonia is a lot deeper. It's an eternal bond. This is a mutual bond that you have with someone, okay? This is um, living, having a partner, someone who's going to be there through thick and thin, right? And this is your companion, just a friend, right? And then a sharer of life and burdens. I really wanted to pause right there and just hone in on that part, that part in this new koinonia covenant community that Jesus has, Jesus has made for us. He makes us to be sharers of life and burdens. Later on, this guy named Paul writes in Galatians 6, 2, that we should share our burdens with one another, even in our own, like even in our own communities, even in your own friendships, even through the most difficult times, we're supposed to do that. So next slide, please. So there's an eternal impact to this. 
Jesus calls us his friends. Therefore, we can conclude that friendship has an eternal weight. That there is, there is something eternal with that. If he, Jesus, on his last words, makes a note to call us his friends, there must be something important about it. The, uh, if you look in the Bible and you start looking in Genesis, the first problem that we ever see in the Bible ever is not sin. It's that man was alone and that God wanted Adam. He needed a, to Adam to find a helper that he sought fit for him. And that's where he gave him Eve. So, but, bef but where did this whole idea, it's not that Jesus just came up with this idea out of nowhere of being in friendship. Before he even created, Jesus was living in friendship, in the triunity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, for all of eternity. And that, in that triunity, we, as believers, now that we understand the weight of what it means to, to bear each other's burdens, now that we understand we have this perfect example of who Jesus is, now we're supposed to reflect that, right? He's, we're supposed to be in his image, reflect that friendship with him. Next slide, please. All right. This is a good book that I've um, enjoyed reading. Actually, my buddy Tommy uh, shared this book with me, but it's a quote from C.S. Lewis on the Four Loves. It says, friendship is unnecessary like philosophy, like art. Has no survival value, rather it's one of those things which gives value to survival. Okay, and so now here's the point, you're like, this man just sat up here and talked to us about friendship for how many ever minutes, and now he's gonna tell me it has no value at all? No. Friendship has, the, the value of friendship, our friendship is not gonna be the ones that save us. But our friendship is, is what draws us is what draws us closer to who God is, right? It's what we call it sanctifies us. It draw it gets us closer to being who who God wants us to be, right? That's what our friendship is. Friendship alone, the, the friendships that you build in this room, they're gonna be great and they're God honoring. They should have some kind of high value that we should be placing on them. But we have to understand that these friendships are for growing us closer to who God wants us to be. Next slide, please. All right. Okay, so in this times of, like, when we have friends, you're going to understand that not all friendships are perfect. Um, if I did a show of hands and I said, how many of you all have gotten into a, disagreement with a friend before, everyone's hand should at least shoot up, right? So we've all been in some kind of disagreement with some kind of friends, and it doesn't go well. I mean, because we're all human. We're all messy, and we, we, we sin, okay? But we can be friends with people, with other sinners who are following Jesus, because we know that even in these tough times, Jesus gave us this promise here. It says in John 16, he says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. 
In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. This is, <laughs> I told you, he felt that one. He was really, <laughs> we can't, you know, I, before, before, I used to go to a, to a church and they'd say, amen, people talk, shout back, and now my son's my biggest fan now, so <laughs> we'll take that. But anyways, yeah, so um, Jesus says these words because in the messiness of friendships, dealing with other people, this is the part when, I, like, the isolation makes us feel like, I'm great, but then you get out, you get friends, and you find out like, whoa, I'm not so great, and you're not so great either. But we can still be in the messiness of this relationship because we understand that we have peace through Jesus. And if we're both seeking Jesus, and if we're both pursuing that ultimate goal, that ultimate prize of who Jesus is, we can have peace. And we know, again, that there's, that this is an, eter there's an eternal weight to our friendship here. We're both chasing after something that's a lot greater than just a finite lifespan, right? Next slide, please. All right, final thoughts here. All right, so one, friendship takes effort. I showed you all those things that Jonathan did for David, and then there's things that God did for us. Friendship takes effort. It's intentionality. So right now on a college campus, it's really easy because you guys are always, always around each other, right? When you get a little bit older, maybe it's just a phone call, maybe it's a text, but you gotta get out and you gotta go try to meet people. But when those things happen, it makes things, life a little bit more difficult, just know that it does take effort to try to pursue peace. Peace is not always an easy thing to find. Second one is watch the company you keep is that to be friends, like you want to understand that uh, you want people around you that are always that are also pursuing who Christ is, are also pursuing the heavenly prize, the heavenly call that we're that as Christians, that's who we're that's what we're called to. So you want to make sure that you're constantly surrounding yourself by those people that you that you call friends. Um, next one is enduring friendships take spiritual maturity that's a tough one that, to be honest with you if I'm up here confessing to you all enduring friendships the ones that last the long the longest um, I was this is I'm being facetious here but I was reading a tweet before I got here it said the Jesus greatest miracles that he had 12 friends in his 30s and I was like oh gosh <laughs> But it's a joke. Please don't tweet that out and say that I said that. But, um, um, but it it takes some, it takes spiritual maturity. the The longest longest friendships, they take um, some kind of spiritual maturity. You all you all have to be pursuing Christ. You all have to be wanting to grow and not just being stagnant in your faith. You want to keep pursuing something higher. And then finally. Um, Think of your friendship as a ministry. If our friendships are sanctifying us and they're growing us, uh, think of it as my friendship is not only growing my friend here, but also for the world to see. 
like, what's different about your friendship? Why are you guys always eating Chick-fil-A all the time? Like, like, what, what, like, why are you guys meeting up? Why are you reading your Bibles? Short story about my testimony is I didn't become a believer until the end of my sophomore year in college. And I saw other people and their friendships getting together in our cafeteria. And they were doing Bible studies with each other, praying with each other. And I was, I didn't have that. I had friends, but they were like weekend friends. I didn't have real deep friendships like that. And so I wanted something like that. I knew that I was missing out on something. And so finally someone shared the gospel with me. And then they told me that, like, yes, like Jesus died for my sins, that we were once way far away. But if you just believe and confess, then not only will you have Jesus, right, which is the ultimate prize, but there's also a community of people who can't wait to put their arms around you and, and, be, and have this friendship with you, right? And so this is my last slide next. Here's this last quote I want to share with you all from C.S. Lewis. You've probably seen this one before. Is that friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what? You too. I thought no one but myself. And so it takes a little bit of vulnerability. It takes a little bit of just getting out there to be a friend. I told you, I'm an awkward guy. I'm a Star Wars fan. And so um, it, takes, it takes someone to get out there. But if I never confess that I like Star Wars, maybe I won't have Star Wars conversations with someone afterwards, right? But, um, but like, just even, but on a serious note, saying that, hey, like having this community and telling someone that you trust, like, I'm going through this struggle. I'm going through this. And so, and that other person can, may not be able to, may not be even able to understand that burden at the time, but they understand it enough to, to be able to walk with you, that they love you enough to walk with you through this journey, right? Um, that's all I have. I'm going to pray us out. And then I'll stick around a little bit. It's way past my bedtime, but I'm going to stick around for you guys. And, um, and if anybody else wants to talk or anything like that, um, I'd love to chat with you all and get to know you all just a little bit more. All right, I'm going to pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for these students and their heart for, hearts for you, Lord. Thank you for just uh, showing us how to endure in a friendship. Um, Lord, I pray that as we leave here that these words um, that they um, – that they resonate and that they stay on our hearts as we go forward and that we can all preach the gospel to, to glorify you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Kentucky Crew podcast. Crew is a family captivated by the joy of knowing Christ, united under the call to make him known. We keep our feet firmly planted in Kentucky and our eyes on the world. Follow us at, at UK Crew on Instagram to learn more.